Hey guys, welcome back to the bros. We're in the back room of the sanctuary where the conversation happens. We're your hosts, Jose, Bill, and John, and we're here in the room today. Today, we have a special guest with us today, and his name is Brother Stephen Hale. Brother Stephen, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Great to be here. It's great to have you in this place, in the, in the back room of the sanctuary. Brother, yeah. what do we got for him? A hearty hello. I give him a hearty <laughs> hello. <laughs> oh, man. So... What what we want to talk about today? We want to talk about knowing God. We want to, what's what's the topic today? Yeah, so I guess some of the thoughts that's uh, been on my mind is uh, we always hear people to say, you know, we ask the question, "Do you know God?" And everybody in this day and time seems like they uh, claim to know God. Right. Um, right. But uh, you know, there are a lot of people that I would consider uh, myself as acquaintances mm. that I know them. I know them by name. For sure. example, I mean, I know who Donald Trump is. Right, uh, right, yeah, right. Everybody knows who Donald Trump is. We know him by yeah. name. Mm-hmm. He has that recognition. And God is the same way for everyone. We all, mm. when we say God, everybody recognizes, oh, yeah, I, I know God. Right. Um, right, right. But I've never actually been personally introduced to Donald Trump. Right. Now, I have been personally introduced to God. Yeah. Right, but right. There, the difference, I guess, is between knowing who someone is and actually knowing that someone. So, how close would we have to be to God to know God? I know, so for instance, I know, like, we had a, a podcast episode with my brother J.C. Santos, and we talked about having a friendship. And a friendship with somebody involves talking, having community with that person, uh, getting to know them. And it's not a hit or miss thing. It's like if you you call them the next day, you can just keep catching up rather than waiting two months and then having to find out what their life is about or the next two years and didn't know they had a kid. You know, but, you know, like a friendship, when we kind of explained it was, do you know them as far as like, do you call them every day? Do you keep up with them? And is how close do we have to be with God to understand and know God as a friend to us to have that relationship? Yeah. Yeah. So I think really the question, uh, the subject is. We're talking about developing relationships, right? Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I know who my neighbor is. We say hi, we wave, we recognize each other. But do I know the details and aspects of their life? Maybe mm. not, and, and maybe some do. Right. But developing a relationship with someone. So you can have a friendship. You mm-hmm. can have a really close friendship or just a friendship. Uh, we, we sometimes say, well, that's my best friend. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I guess uh, the question is up to each individual. How do you define your relationship with God? Do you know who he is? Mm. Is he your friend? Is he your best friend? Mm. You know, what? what's the status of your relationship in how well do you actually know God? Wow. Oh, so a good. very deep question so deep I wouldn't even know where to dig into really answer that in a you know um, I know I pray I talk to God I get in you know I get into communion with him 
Um, yeah. But to know how close I am to God, to know that he's my friend that I can count on and, and know him personally, you know, it's it's hard to know exactly because he's not a figurative or a person that's right in front of me. It's not someone I can like shake hands with here, like, hey brother, how you doing? I know who you are kind of thing. Right. It's someone who you're, you know, you need to get down in the altar of prayer and communicate that way and i guess not seeing a person would be kind of hard to uh to do that with i don't know how if i wouldn't see my friend and only talk to the person it'd be kind of hard wouldn't you think i think um in any friendship if you're going to develop a a closer relationship and friendship yeah it's about spending time right with that individual right with god obviously the we, we may not see a physical form but you can certainly spend time with god right yes. and i think uh, how much time not not just in quantity but also in quality how much time you actually get alone with god and spend time with him whether it be in his word or in prayer um you know him being on your mind what right. you know how those types of things that uh, you develop and you grow that relationship over time um the people that we we often think of you know the people who know us the best are the ones who have known us the longest and to mm-hmm. some extent that yeah. is true yeah um but it also matters just because i have known someone my entire life, if I see them once a year, maybe they don't really know me that well. You know, it's not, uh, you know, it's not just showing up to church on Easter. Um, right. yeah. You know, it's it's actually an ongoing friendship and relationship that we have contact with on a daily basis, and that's how right. you get to know someone really, really well um, mm-hmm. in a marriage. Right. Um, the longer you're married, the better you know someone. And you get to the point where you know what someone is thinking before they even say what they're thinking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can pick up on their emotions. You pick up on, I mean, you know their likes, their dislikes. If you give them a choice, hey, we could do this or we could do that, you have a really good idea of what they're going to choose even before you ask the question because you know them very, very well. And that's also true of a really close friend. And I think that is, um, I guess that's kind of where I would want to frame maybe the discussion is that with God, do we know him like that? Do we have that kind of relationship? Um, Do we know how he feels Mm -hmm. about what we're doing, what we're praying, what we're going through, you know, do we know him that well, that we really have that type of understanding of him? Because we know that he certainly knows us that way. He knows yeah. everyone that way. I mean, he, he's omniscient. He knows everything. Right. Yes. But right. do we know him that well from having spent that time with him? Right, yeah. I'm, you know, trying to keep ahead of the conversation and try to look up stuff to go along with it. And I kind of pulled up how many people claim to know God. And they, it's hard to say, you know, without that exact wording. So it kind of has how many Americans believe in God. And it refers to polls that they took by Gallup when they asked uh, various questions on, you know, do you believe in God with different wordings. 
and and how much they they felt like that. So the one wording was literally just, "Do you believe in God?" And so for Americans, ninety two percent said yes in twenty twelve. 2022 that was 81 mm. percent so it went down even just that simple do you believe in god you know that simple question sure whereas you know starting in 2002 they asked for each of the items i'm going to read you please tell me whether it is something you believe in something you're not sure about or something you don't believe in what about god and that was one of the options and for that one it started off at 90 percent in 2002 and is now at or in 2016 was 79 percent and so, and then the third one was, um, which comes closest to describing you? You're convinced God exists. You think God probably exists, but you have a little doubt. You think that he probably exists, but you have a lot of doubt. You think that God probably does not exist, or you're not sure, or you're convinced that God does not exist. And so people who said they're convinced God exists started at 79, and then in 2017 is now 64%, and probably even lower today. And that was in uh, right. 2004. And it's not, do you know God? It's not, you know, they kind of have that already built in. Of, yeah. of They don't have to explain sure. who God is. Right, right. The question is, do you believe in God? They don't have to say, who is this? Who they, they, Everyone knows, yeah. but now, you know, 64% are saying that, you know, they're not convinced Mm-hmm. They're convinced that God exists, and the other percentages are either not sure, or possibly saying that He does not exist. And you know, it's it's crazy. And I I like the difference between what you said that some people say they know Him, but they know of Him. And I I was when I first got um well first when I got saved in September last September, I um well one before that actually yeah so over a year now mm-hmm. I kind of equated it as, you know, growing up at church, I know a lot about God. Sure. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I, I hear about mm-hmm. him all the time. Right. And it's always felt to me like if you were working for a company and you see the CEO, the big boss, everybody talks about him. You know, you see him in the hallways, you'll see him walk in, he talks to other people, you know, you other people are saying how good he is. And you agree, you're like, he, it has benefited me, you know, yeah. I'm sure I get money, so I'm sure he's doing well. You know, other people are saying how good he was to them. And I'm like, okay, you know, that's nice. But you you wouldn't go to eat with him. You wouldn't go hang out directly. You're not talking directly to him. You're just kind of in that area. Mm-hmm. You know, you're just seeing him around. And I always felt like it was like that until I got saved. And I realized that it was a personal relationship more than just, you know, I can say his name all I want. I can say how good he is, but I don't know him. Right. You know, if I yeah. don't know him, then where, what am I doing? I'm just saying something that I don't really know for a fact. I just, yeah. based on what other people have said in my personal experience, I say, oh, he's a good, he's good. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I like him. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'd like to hang out with him one day. But I never took the first step until, you know, you start creating a relationship with him. And, and then you really start to know who he is. You know, that's interesting just bringing that up because I can, I can equate that almost like if you're getting into a marriage. Um, you're like for me just dating someone or even just get peaking an interest with somebody and then seeing who they are and then dating them and then really getting to know a little bit more about them mm-hmm. you know finally you yeah throw the engagement there and then you get you get married and then all of a sudden what you thought you knew isn't exactly the truth it's mm-hmm. there's a lot it's a deeper you know, yeah. of who they are. Yeah, you, you know, understand them just you, a little bit better. Yeah, there's not there's, there's not really a there's not really an end to knowing 
who they are. It's just you keep on learning. You keep on finding out more and more about them. I mean, you'll eventually know more than anybody else does about the person, but there's going to be more and more and more about that person that you're going to learn. And can I say, did I know my wife before she was my wife? Yes, I did know sure. my wife. But do I know her more now than before I, before I married her? I, yeah, I know her way more. So the question yes. right there is, when did I know her more? I knew her more when I got married and started learning more deeply who she was yeah. or who she is. The one that I knew before I got married, that's the same person, just not as an int intimate. I wasn't very intimate or intentional with that, that knowledge of who the person is. Same way with God, with Jesus, we're in a marriage with Jesus Christ. If we're not the bride, if we're not the bride of Jesus, you know, then all we ever do is I know who Jesus is. But until we get married to Jesus and we start learning and knowing deeper, getting deeper into who he is, then that's when we start saying, you know, maybe I shouldn't be going to that place because yeah. he doesn't approve of that. You know, I thought it was okay before, but now that I'm now that I'm married and now that I you know, get to know a little bit more deep about who Jesus is, he's not pleased with that. I don't right. want to displease him. I don't want to, you know, that's the kind of knowledge we get from being a close friend. Not, not, now, a close friend, you might not know that much, you know. A close friend might be like you. I, I know a little bit about you. I just don't know a whole lot about you. Yeah. Bill might know more than I know yeah, about you. Right. But at that level, I, I can't compare that to Jesus, you know, because yeah. I the relationship is not there. Right. You know? And yes. that's where I can equate that to. And I feel like what you were talking about marriage is the, the more you are around them and the more you talk to them, the more you will know as well. Mm -hmm. Like, I've recently started in a, a relationship and, you know, before, we would talk, you know, sometimes every three, four days, twice a week. Mm -hmm. Now we talk every day. Right. It has to be the same with God. You have to build. You have to. You have to grow. Mm -hmm. You can't just. You can't only talk to God at church. Yeah, you should talk to God at church. That shouldn't be the only place. But that's not the only place. You have right. to talk yeah. to God on a day to day basis. If you're if you're talking to God one day of the week, that's one day out of seven days. That is four days out of thirty two days or thirty one days. And that's 52 days out of 365 days. Yeah. That's... Mm -hmm. Thought about this before, have you? That's... No. I'm just <laughs> telling you the math. The math is what... I the, can't do that. So I just assumed that you had looked it up. You don't know... How, okay, listen. Math there's is 31 days thing. in months. There's, <laughs> there's four weeks in a month. Yeah. There's 52 weeks in a year. Yeah. There's 365 days. Am I, is this ringing a bell? <laughs> I know all those numbers. You do? I know all the numbers. Yeah, but well, anyway, I can't, you know. I can't but bring that. But listen, that's yeah. 365 days in a year, and it's only 52 Sundays in a year. Yeah. If that's the only time you talk to him, you're missing out a lot. Right. You you're missing a lot. out a whole lot. That's not a friend. That's mm. just what it that's is. That's an acquaintance. acquaintance. That's the guy exactly. you pass in right. the hallway at work. Right. Yeah. I think several things here raises some, some really good points. So I would hope that, that as... Christians, you know, I, I, I got saved at a young age. I've been saved almost 35 years. Mm. But I would hope that my relationship with God is 
much closer than it was 35 years ago. In right. fact, I would hope yeah. it's closer than it was 10 years, five years, or even a year ago. Right. Sure. And, and I yes. think really that ought to be the goal of all Christians is that our relationship grows. And, and you, uh, again, likening it to a marriage, I think is, is really great because, um, you know, the scripture says that, you know, a husband and wife, that they twain, they, they become one flesh. Right. right. Well, I mean, when we get saved, doesn't Christ come to live within us right i mean uh, so that is the truth you know we really should know him and and seek to know him better than than anyone else really i mean he should become our best friend but but to your point if we only speak to him 52 days out of the year can we it, it, wouldn't it be a little, to me at least, a little disingenuous to yeah. say, "Oh, that's yeah. my best friend." Yeah, uh, it couldn't I, say I, that. I really know God, and and what Bill said earlier, you know, I think society has we, we kind of equate that we believe in God, that we believe there is a God, yeah, and that He is God. Well, we you know that we we equate that with knowing God, yeah, and we and so we just bring it to this very simple point. Oh, yeah, I know God, but do you? Right. Do you yeah. really? And, and and I guess that's a a question for well, for us as individuals. You know, yeah. some, some and soul searching as individuals. Yes, absolutely. And one thing that I've ran into is in, in talking to guys at work and, and when I was still saved in high school is I would start talking about you know my beliefs and and in God, and they would say, well, I believe in something. There there's something. Yeah, there's higher power. I don't know if it's God, but there has to be something. And I'm, is that like an agnosticism? Where I don't know. Where you don't. I mean, it's convenient. Yeah. You know, you just gotta say well, something's out there, but I don't need to know anything. Yeah. I was gonna it's, read a scripture, but I didn't want to steal any of your thunder. If you had one listed, but it was uh, <laughs> it's Luke thirteen, um, and it, and it's you know with you saying a personal uh, investigation of yourself, trying to figure out if if you are known by God, but. You don't need, sometimes need that when when Jesus can tell you if you're uh, if you're known by Him. And I I looked this up, right. thinking of that. Um, and this is uh, in verse 23. Then said one unto Him, Lord, are there few that be saved? And He said unto them, Strive to enter in at the straight gate. For many I say unto you will seek to enter in and shall not be able. When once the master of the house is risen up and hath shut to the door, and ye begin to stand without and to knock at the door, saying. Lord, Lord, open unto us, and he shall answer and say unto you, I know you not whence ye are. Mm. Then shall ye begin to say, We have eaten and drunk in thy presence, and thou hast taught in our streets. But he shall say, I tell you, I know not whence ye are. Depart from me, all ye workers of iniquity. And, uh, and oh, there man. shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth when ye shall see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, and you yourself thrust out. And they shall come from the east and from the west and from the north and from the south and shall sit down in the kingdom of God. And behold, there are last which shall be first and there are first which shall be last. I will say that is a, I mean. That's that's a last, that's a last chance. Yeah, that's a scary, that's a scary thought to think about. That's why you have to have that personal look. You have to know because if Jesus tells you it's all gone. (laughs) Unless he has great mercy upon you and he says, I know not whence ye are. Right. And and they started listing off their list of accomplishments. You know, they started saying, "Well, you know, you we've eaten with you, we've hang, we've hung out with you before." It's like, look what I've done. 
Yeah. It's like, you know, when, when you got all these Hollywood people that start listing up, well, I went to a party with this person. It's like, right. I, I've, you know, stood 50 feet away from Tom Cruise. And you're just like, I don't care. <laughs> Sir, this is a Wendy's. Like, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter here. <laughs> you know, it's just he's saying, you know, we've eaten and drunk in thy presence and now it's taught in our streets. Like, we saw you. We saw yeah. you at the show. And, then, and he's like, you didn't know me. It's now. the adverse where yeah. I've, I, like, say, I know Tom Cruise. Oh, yeah, you know Tom Cruise? Does he know you? Right. Yeah. You know, that's the adverse right say, there. You know. you know, yeah. There's a distinction there, too, that uh, I, I've pondered in the past. So that scripture uh, there at the end, he says, I know you not. Right. So yeah. he's like, okay, I don't know you. You know, there's other scriptures, um, Matthew seven thirty two. He says, I never knew you. Yeah. So if you think about that, to me at least, there's there's those who have never known God. They've mm -hmm. never got to know him, never sure. never knew him. Right. And then those, right. that he's saying, I don't know you. And to me, there's a little bit of a difference there that maybe he knew them in the past, mm -hmm. but they've grown apart. Yeah. Um, maybe their relationship is no longer current. Mm. And, you know, we see that in marriages that yeah. uh, people become distant. We see that in friends, you know, lives, you know, we, you know, most uh, folks know that, you know, I, we moved down here from Indiana about almost six years ago now. And there are people that absolutely I certainly know them and knew them very, very well in the past so much that, I mean, I pretty well knew their schedule, you know, we knew right. them that well. Right. And, right. and today I certainly know them. I have their phone numbers in my phone. We talk, you know, a handful of times throughout the year and we kind of keep up on Facebook and all that. But to say that I know their, their schedule today and I know them, no, I couldn't say I know them you know, in yeah, that, right. that intimately, yeah. that closely, um, perhaps as I did when we were, you know, in closer contact. Sure. Um, yeah. So uh, to me with that scripture, um, you know, they can, they, they remember the good times, right? We remember, right. oh yeah, yeah, I used to go to church. Uh-huh. Yeah, right. The problem with that question, that, that statement is I used to. I right. used to. Yeah. I yeah. used to know you. Uh, but he, God's saying, I don't know you anymore because, right. you know, you, you, we haven't been in contact for. Well, yeah. And he said, I know not. I know you not whence ye are. Mm -hmm. He's like, I, I don't know you right now. You know, I don't know where you're at right now. Ooh, you know, that's right. Know, that's deep. Right it's there. like, you know, you come up and, and you or an old friend is a lot different than when you saw him the last time. You know, they walk up and they're all, you know, you see somebody who used to be in church and now they're dressed like the world. And Man, you almost don't recognize. Him. Dude, that just listen the, right. what you just said. Just <laughs> it just opened a light. Um, like, like, listen, sure candidate you <laughs> said I, the words. You know? Oh, I just forgot it. Oh. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. I'm messing with you. No, it, it brought a light up. And I just remember, like, he said, I don't know you, right? Where yeah. are you? I don't know when you are, where, 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 where you, you are, are right? And we go back to, I don't know how y'all thought about this, but when, when, when Adam ate the fruit in the oh, garden yes. and God said, where are, uh, where are you? Yeah, they you hid know? from him. Right. Yeah. He knew. Of course he did. But what does that mean there? Where are right. you? You know, it's not like he's asking him where you physically are, but mentally, where are you? Right. Yeah. You know, because you did something that what I told happened? you not to. Yeah. <laughs> what happened? What changed? What yeah. mentally happened to you? Wow. You know, where are you at? Like when you when you go to when you go to a therapy session, one of the one of the questions they ask you is where are you? They want to find out where you're mental where you're mentally at. The, you can dig deeper into your past. They can dig deeper into your, your your into your feelings and your emotions and try to find out exactly where you are. 
Right. You know, do you have PTSD? Do you have ADHD? Do you have these mental disorders that are that are eating up your life, or is there just some kind of trauma that you, that is that is in there? And that right there is where are you? That I don't know where you are. At that point, you say, "Yeah, I've done all these different things for you, but where are you?" Right. Yeah. You have one foot in the world and one foot in 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 me. I can't. I don't. You know, it, it's either hot or cold. It's not lukewarm. Yeah. That's, I will spew you out for for being lukewarm. That's that's the difference. Yeah. You know, you can't claim one thing and then the other, and then come to the gate with saying that I that look, Lord, Lord, I've done this, I've done that. Right. Yeah. You know, you're not full, holy hearted, doing the things for the gospel, for for the ministry, for me. You're doing other things for yourself. Mm. I don't know what you think about that, but that, that's really good. I think uh, I think that takes it right back to the very beginning because. God created man. Yeah. Why did he create man? To praise him. I believe he wanted a relationship. I think right? relationship I mean, was the biggest yeah. thing. The scripture yeah. says that, you know, that God used to come down in the cool of the day and walk and talk mm-hmm. with yes. Adam. Right. So he wanted a relationship. Now it's sin that separates us from God, and that's right. what happened with Adam. So God wanted that relationship. And so really that's that takes it right to the very beginning, the right the very start yeah. of what we were talking about. And then you look at Adam's children, Cain and Abel, right? Right. Again, a really good example of knowing God because Abel offered the mm. sacrifice that was accepted by God. But right. then Cain, he kind of felt, you know, I, I guess he probably felt like, you know, maybe what he, the way he, he could do it the way he wanted to do it. Yeah, but apparently sure. he didn't know God well enough to know that God doesn't operate on our terms, right? right. I mean, had he known God a little better, he probably right. would have realized that this isn't going to work out, right? Right, right. Yeah. So, I mean, so you, you see the two of them obviously raised by the same parents. Right. And yet, when it come down to their personal relationship with God, very different, uh, mm. the two of them. Um, so, you know, yeah, I mean... I think God wants that relationship with us, right. but it yes. it's really falls to us. He's not going to force it on us. Do we want that relationship with us? Right. The one scripture that um, that kind of prompted this whole thought in my mind is Daniel eleven thirty two, where the scripture it just a portion of it there it says the people that do know their God mm. shall be strong and do exploits. And uh, I really yeah. feel like if we really know God, I mean, if we really know and grasp and understand who God is, who he is in our life, that we become strong Christians. Yes. And so that's why I think it's important that we know God, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. we can be strong spiritually. We can be strong Christians and do exploits. There are many great things that we can do in the work for the Lord. Right. Uh, I mean, regardless of, you know, what role your ministry might take, there's a lot of great things we can do. But in order for that ministry to really have the impact that it should, we have to know God. Yeah. Mm, right. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, I uh, I was reading the full <laughs> I was reading the full context of that scripture and it's amazing to me because um it's it's talking about the kings coming against the the uh, Israelites and in verse 32, and such as do wickedly against the covenant shall he corrupt by flatteries. But That's the people true. that do know the Lord shall be, their God shall be strong and do exploits. And, it, you know, if we are at a place where judging by the very pull by Gallup, 
mm-hmm. and a danger of being corrupted, you know, away from the covenant. Yeah. But if we know God, then we're going to be strong. Mm. We and, look at, uh, oh, so, sorry. No, no, no. I was just going to close it just by saying that if we, you know, we can be strong, even if we are the minority, mm-hmm. then we can stand. Because I mean, out of those people who say, even if it is, let's say 50% generously, 50% say nowadays that they believe in God and, and trust in him. So right. we kind of have a, an Apostle Paul and seven mm. sons of Siva oh, yeah, difference, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know? Right. Ooh, we right, we right. have the Apostle Paul who definitely knew God and definitely did the exploits. I mean, right. you know, yes. great Absolutely. miracles, mighty works, uh, you know, the books of the Bible that was written and all the things that he did. Right. And then we have the seven sons of Siva who approached this man possessed of demons and, and yeah. devils and says, we adjure you by by the name of Jesus that Paul preacheth that you come out mm. and what did this one man do well he jumped on him and beat them all up right right uh, um, and so yeah, they, Jesus I know and Paul I know exactly so yeah. even the devil knew he's like well you know I know who Paul is right I'm acquainted with who Paul is <laughs> but you I not so much I was right. gonna bring that story up earlier yeah, yeah, like, well, ah. yeah, well I mean well, and it's not even like it wasn't even just random people. Mm-hmm. It was, it says, uh, and there were seven sons of one Sceva, a Jew and chief of the priests. Uh-huh. So the chief of the priests, which <laughs> that he must have felt a little upset because they had to tell him what was going on. Yeah, so they've got some like, church upbringing you didn't, here. Yeah. I don't believe in any of this. You sit, you try to claim against Jesus and Paul and it still didn't work. I don't, you know, he was already against Jesus and Paul probably anyway. And I'm sure that didn't help him any poor Skiva. It's like, maybe if you had said in the chief priest, something would have happened. But, you know, yeah, it is yeah. very funny that that he, they tried. And even in their statement, it feels very, you know, like they don't have any authority there. They're just yelling out names that they know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very funny. You know, we adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preacheth. It's no personal relationship, no connection, just... Just, I've heard of these people. You know, I think, hey, this guy says to go out. (laughs) (laughs) It's not even you saying it. There's no power, no authority. You hear people talk and you know, you know, we've brought up on this podcast, Brother Brother Laverne over in Arcadia. And he just says things and there's an authority behind it that isn't, you know, isn't just him saying it. It's not just, you know, I said this or somebody else told me this. It's just, I was praying this morning and the Lord told me to tell you this. And there's an authority there where he's not, I don't know yeah. about this. It's a full, like, this will happen. Right. Come up to me and said, you need to pay for, pray for your granny. I went and did it. I mean, you know, it was that kind of faith that you just see it and you know that he's not just saying, Jesus, who Paul preaches, said, you need to go and pray for this person. And I was like, no, he said it and I knew that he knew that God had told him to do it. Yeah. You can see the, the look in his yeah. eye when he walks up to you and he gets about that far from your face <laughs> and he tells you what he needs to tell you and he goes, and then he walks away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. It's amazing. <laughs> and it's just, you know that that's from God. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There's a story that I was talking to Bill about earlier today. Um, I was going to, we were going to read about it, but I'm not exactly sure if it was Ahaziah or not. But when, when Ahaziah, I, I'm going to say Ahaziah, but it might not be. But he was uh, fell out of his bedroom window and uh, hurt himself, went back to his bed and to, to lay down. 
and he told his messenger to go out to the god of Ekron to to ask for for healing and Elijah stops his messenger and said go tell your go tell him that where he lay he's going to die you know and with there not a god in, is there not a god in all of Israel that you can go and get you know ask for a healing from you know do you know god do you yeah. know that there's a god in Israel mm. you know there is one but you're going to a god of Ekron and for that you're going to die in your bed you know mm. the 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 um the consequence of you know, not giving God the the chance of, you know, of doing what He can do, the of healing someone from sickness or from disease. You know, you know who God is, but you went to God of Ekron to to get healed. Yeah, I'm not sure if oh, I got I the name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, it, gotta... is it Isaiah? Yes, uh, okay. First King, or Second Kings one and two. Um, and Ahaziah fell down through a lattice in his upper chamber that was in Samaria and was sick. And he sent messengers and said unto them, Go, inquire of Beelzebub, the god of Ekron, whether I should recover of this disease. Um, but the angel of the Lord said unto Elijah the Tishbite, Go, arise, go up and to meet the messengers of the king of Samaria and say unto them, Is it not because there is not a god in Israel that ye go to inquire of Beelzebub, the god of Ekron? Um, now therefore, thus saith the Lord, thou shalt not come down from that bed on which thou art gone up, but shalt surely die. And Elijah departed. <laughs> when the messengers turned back unto him, he said unto them, Why are ye now turned back? And they said unto him, There came a man up to meet us and said unto us, Go turn again unto the king that sent you, and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Is it not because there is not a God in Israel? And they repeat the same statement. And he said unto them, what manner of man was he which came up to meet you? A hairy man. Told you these words. And they answered him, He was a hairy man and girt about with a girdle of leather about his loins. Mm -hmm. And he said, It is Elijah the Tishbite. <laughs> Probably disappointed. He, he knew it. The king knew yeah, who he was. Right. Just by appearance. And, and He knew Elijah. He knew Elijah. How, yeah, how crazy it is. You but see how is it that you don't know God? Yeah. So the king may not have known God, but he knew someone who did. And uh, right, yeah. isn't that kind of typical of, oh, yeah. of where we are yeah. in a lot of situations today right. that, you know, well, uh, they, they want someone else. And I'm not saying it's wrong to ask someone to pray for you, but have you prayed about it yet? Right. Because I think God wants to hear from you about right. your need. But, but too often we know someone who we have confidence that they know God mm -hmm. right. and, and we have more confidence in them knowing God than we do in ourselves and how well we know God. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so we want, we want the preacher to stand between us and God in, in, in a sense you know, maybe they do, but right. at the same time that, that in no way prohibits our personal relationship sure. with God. Yeah. All right. It's funny to me too, about this scripture is that they, they were messengers of the King. They were sent on an errand by the king. I mean, to, to refuse. He was surprised that they, they turned back because that probably meant they were going to die or <laughs> get fired. And, you know, he's like, this is a very important thing I sent you on. And just the words, like nowadays, if, if my mom told me to go do something and, and a random hairy man on the side <laughs> of the road said, go and tell her this, I would not do that. I would just go and do my errand, get away from me. You know, they, he had such authority that he just said, turn around and go tell the king. They didn't, he wasn't connected to them at all. He just was standing there and just said, go and tell the king this. And they turned right around and went back. And the it's king like, wasn't angry because he realized that it was Elijah, you just, know, Elijah the Tishbite. Just put this in that. You said, 
that Brother Laverne told you to do this and you went and did it. You know, just put Brother Laverne in that Elijah spot. He's that mouth of God. Mm-hmm. You know, when he says, God told me, you need to go pray for your granny. You know, okay. you, didn't, you didn't have a second, you didn't have a second opinion or a second thought right. about it. You yeah. just went and did it. Sure. In the same way Elijah, you know. When it, that story leads into Elijah standing on the top of a hill and the king sending okay. 50. So okay. the king dragged like 100, <laughs> 150 people with him as well of, you know, of, of death as long as him. It, 102. Right. 102. He so killed a captain of 50. And right, fire. Yeah, it was only captain two, of 50, 50. Consumed him. Third one third, said, "Oh man of God, I pray thee let me." Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. so one of my one favorite, one of my favorite messages was by. I just forgot his name. Mm-hmm. God, I hate it when that happens. Bill Houston. Bill Houston. Yes, that's the one you said. Yeah. yeah. I've, have I talked about this before? Yes. Oh. But go ahead. Oh, wow. we have been, he, he hasn't said it. He, well, no, it's my favorite one by him. So, yeah. And, and he preached out of that, out of that portion. And, you know, he, and the, the first 50 came and he said, you know, the king said, come down. Mm-hmm. And, and Elijah said, I don't have to. And he prayed and fire fell. And the second one came and the same thing. Yeah. And the third one came and he said, I know you don't have to. <laughs> I know you don't. <laughs> Would you please yeah. <laughs> come talk to the king? He had mercy on him. Yeah, that. yeah. But and it's just, I just wow. but the authority yeah. was there to know who God yeah. was, and that's the that's the difference. Is well, yeah, and the, and that goes back to our scripture in Daniel. The people that do know God, they're they're, they're strong mm-hmm. spiritually. Yeah. They're strong. They do exploits. They speak with authority. Right. You know, Paul said that he didn't come with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in a demonstration mm-hmm. of power and right. of spirit. Uh, mm-hmm. So. You know, I, I think that's the difference that, um, you know, that anointing, it comes from knowing God. Yes. Uh, you know, you, you can tell the difference. You can, you can be very knowledgeable in the scriptures. You can have a great uh, a Bible education. Mm-hmm. All of those things are yeah. wonderful, but there is a distinction between someone who gets up behind a microphone or, or even just in a testimony or whatever the case may be, that they know God. You right, can tell right. they've been with God. You right. can get yeah. you can be in the altar praying and someone get down <coughs> beside you to pray with you and you can tell a difference. Right. That, right. You know, this this is a prayer warrior. Mm-hmm. They they've spent yeah. time with God. You can tell they because you you, you feel that 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 pu- extra push, mm-hmm. if you will, right, right. there, and, and that's 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 from heaven. You wow. know, that's that is from someone who knows God. That that authority, that anointing, that unction from the Holy Ghost, right? Uh, in, in anything we do, and there's the difference between knowing who God is and actually knowing God from real yeah. personal one-on-one contact with him. Wow. You just, you just answered one of my questions right <laughs> then. You just did. I was going to ask you about, you know, can you tell if someone knows God or not? And that yeah. was like perfect, perfect answer. Right well, yeah, we're a light that's, uh, you know, a city, city set on a hilltop. Yeah. It can't yeah. be hid. Right. Um, you know, you can know who someone is mm-hmm. and, you know, they... Probably just knowing who they are, there's a good chance they won't come up in conversation. But if they are the center of your world, if they are the most important thing in your life, someone who you spend a lot of time with, there's a real good chance if somebody spends any time at all around you, that 
person who is the most important one in your life is going to come up. Right. And, I, you know, I think that's how it is with God, right? Yeah. I mean, right. It is. Sure. Yeah. You have people who, they're Christians, but they don't talk a lot about God because God's not really on their mind yeah. all that much. Right. right. Yeah. And so, you know, but, but on the other hand, uh, someone who spends a lot of time with the Lord, you know, they, they like to talk about the Lord. They like right. to talk about the scriptures yeah. because that's what's important to them. Yeah, I, I, I get to um, do this at work a lot, and it's usually because of Papa's, uh, Brother Michael's, you know, philosophy is if you ever get into a conversation with somebody, be sure and be quick to bring in Jesus. And in any conversation that I would p try to pick up, it's going to have Jesus in it somewhere, right. you know. And sometimes the door doesn't open to, to talk about Jesus. Right. Sometimes right. It's, it's not an open door, sure. you know. And trying to talk about Jesus to somebody who doesn't want to hear about him is just mm -hmm. like trying to push a door that's has a lock on it, on, on a deadbolt or whatever. Right. And, um, but anywhere I go, work, you know, and family gatherings or wherever, I try to make a point to try to talk about the Lord as much as I can because not everybody hears about God. Not everybody yeah. hears about Jesus. Mm -hmm. And to hear from someone at least one time in a week or whatever, whenever they get to, whenever they get to hear it, is better than none at all, sure, you know, yeah. to me anyway. Well, it's, you brought up about marriage, and I was thinking when you were talking about that, about being able to tell when people know God. There are some people that you just don't have to ask, are you two married? You know, and it's not a direct, like, they're always touching on them or anything. It's just you see it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You can notice that there's a level of, of, of connection there yeah. that is unmistakable. And there's some people, <laughs> they're always grumbling. <laughs> they're always, <laughs> like, are you, are you married? You're married to her. Oh, I thought I thought you hated her. I didn't know. I didn't know. You know, and I'm not criticizing anyone directly. I'm just saying you see people who you can tell, and you also see people who sometimes you have to ask. And so if you are, you know, you never want to have anyone say that you either don't know that person or you don't like them. You know, especially when it's God on the line. You know, you want people to say, "Oh, I just I knew you're a Christian," right. and it goes deeper than just you know the the dress code that we have. Because especially in the winter months, it starts to become, you know, for us guys, it becomes less <laughs> prominent that we're Christians. It's just everybody's wearing long pants and long sleeves out of necessity. Sure. Mm -hmm. And there's not as many physical signs other than us looking clean and looking, you know, usually pretty presentable. Right. But, you know, with the ladies, you definitely you can see there's a difference there. And so because we don't have that direct outward sign, we have to work even harder, like you said, to bring Jesus in the conversation because... Otherwise, no one will know. Right. And then if, you know, you would, I think the worst thing you could hear is somebody being like, oh, he's a Christian? You know, because they, they, yeah, they should already know. They should already know. You know, one of, the, one of the best compliments that you can get as, as a Christian <laughs> around there is, is when you go to a family event or something like that, and someone who knows you says, "Hey, did he talk to you, did he talk to you about Jesus yet? He, he's a preacher." You know, what? <laughs> right. Yeah, right. One of the one of the better compliments sure. to get, sure. you know. And I and you know, I'm pretty sure you get that all the time. That's <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. You know, Has he talked about Jesus yet? <laughs> um, Bill brought up a point, and in, in in not to not to go down the road all on standards, but I do think there's an aspect there that. I think we gain, um, in knowing God, we gain a better understanding of why the standard is what it is. Yeah. Um, for example, you know, we, uh, you, you know, from a childhood, we were raised in church. Mm -hmm. And 
maybe we, we know the some of the scriptures and things like this of okay yeah we do this we don't do right. that and, and things like that but as we really get to know God we, we start to gain a better understanding of why not only that this standard sets us apart from the world but how it actually helps keep us pure right yeah, yeah. Uh, right. if that makes sense sure. you know of course. Um, there's um, uh, there's a there's a modesty uh, that's there, but there's there's a purity. You can look at someone, and, and I guess maybe the example that most everyone would recognize, I guess, because uh, I've I've certainly been asked this, you know, in sure. school as a child, it's like, are you Amish? You know, they, they sort of, <laughs> right? You know, do you even have cell, uh, telephones? You know, they, yeah. they've asked um, me that. Do you have a telephone? Because right. you know, they're like, well, you don't have this. You don't. Sure. Have, yeah. You know, are right. you allowed to listen to the radio? You know, this kind of thing like this. It's, um, do you have electric, right? And, right, yeah, so, yeah. But, I mean, yeah. I've, I've literally, in, you know, in past, encountered those types right, of questions yeah. from people who don't know right. and don't understand, and, and they just they recognize a difference, but they are not sure what it is. But my point is, is as we get closer to God, and you can see, again, with the Amish in that example, there's, there's a purity there, right? I right, mean, right. There's, you know, the, it's not... Uh, polluted by the world mm -hmm. and and it does set us apart and as we get closer to God and we know God uh, in our closer relationship we begin to understand that hey you know this this really is for my benefit because there's a clean feeling there's a pure right. feeling in, in knowing and understanding um, why God wants us to live the way we do yeah right? and it, and you can bring that to marriage again mm -hmm. like when you when you when you have a wife or a husband and you get home you know you ex a lot of times you know all right husband's got home from work he's really tired i know he's gonna want this and that i'm gonna take care of him or if my wife has just got home she's got done taking all the kids uh she's needing this and that you know i'm gonna go ahead and relieve her from this you know and if she likes this, I'll make sure she has that. If he likes that, I'll make sure he has that. You know, we try to make sure that there's things that they that they desire that we want to make sure that we that we accomplish in that relationship. And the same thing with God is when we're in a relationship with God, we know that His standard is to be a certain way, to live a certain a certain lifestyle, and we try to accommodate that. We try to make sure that we live that way, and it's not just so that we can be all high and mighty in that we can say, all right, I'm better than you, I'm holier than you. Yeah. No, it's because we have someone in the inside that we want to be pleasing to. You know, it's not, it's not for you, although it's because people can see the flesh, people can see my body, and they, they, want to, they, they judge first by the eyesight, God sees by the heart. But if I'm gonna if I'm gonna be living my life, I want you to be able to see that it's living to God's standard. You know, it's it's much more than just doing it because, you know, I want to be flashy or I want to be this and that. I want to make sure I'm dressed head to toe, make sure I'm I'm presentable, I'm modest first and foremost. Yes. You know, I don't speak in any foul language. Right, you know, yeah. and I pray. And all the, all those different things, you make sure that that's the standard that God wants you to live by. And for instance, you just talked about the clothing. You know, if God tells you, "I want you to wear long sleeve pants, long sleeve shirts, and long sleeve pants," you're gonna wear long sleeve shirts and yeah. long sleeve pants. You know, that's the standard that God wants you to live by, and that's what we do. You know, that's yeah. 
Absolutely. I think I hope I didn't distract you guys because I, no, I was I was okay, um, to brother Stephen. I, I keep me. my eyes away See, from you guys yeah, because anytime promise. that you guys, I are wish doing... he would keep his eyes away from me because he's what made me laugh. I yeah. was looking up. <laughs> I tried to look when you mentioned the Amish. I was trying to look up Rumspringer, which is when oh, they my have word. the relaxation <laughs> of of their culture somewhat, yes. you know, as as an example. And and I couldn't remember what it was called, so I looked up Amish va- Amish vacation, <laughs> and it, all it pulled up was vacation sites that the Amish would go to and and then John looks over and starts laughing a little bit and I couldn't hold it in but I was just kind of looking up I was trying to remember the name of it to bring it in but I died dude I just picturing an Amish vacation site I don't even know what that would be (laughs) barn raising ceremony I don't know yeah so rumshing for the Amish is a a time usually when they're young before they make a permanent commitment right. to their faith uh, that they're allowed to go out and, and experience the world some to, to I guess, to contrast um, right. what they've known growing up with right. what there is available well, out there. Yeah, and it was interesting. The way I heard it described at first is not completely accurate. I thought what somebody told me is that they're free to go out and do whatever. And it's not, I mean, it's not fully that. It's more of, you know, the the relaxation of some of the more, you know, intense of their beliefs. Let me see what it is here. Um, a wearing non-traditional clothing and hairstyles referred to as dressing English. Uh, they, they referred to, uh, I hate to say normal Americans, but the, as, as the English. Um, driving vehicles other than horse-drawn vehicles. Uh, so some of them don't, don't drive... Uh, cars because they feel like it it leads to temptation, which is strange to me personally. But I, you know, not attending home prayer, they don't have to do that. And drinking and using other recreational drugs, I feel like that's the most intensive divergence. But not all of them do, and most of them end up going back into the church and taking you know taking the vows of yeah, becoming part of the church. A very high percentage of them actually do. Almost ninety percent, it says mm-hmm. here, choose to be baptized, and and even then. Some of them do separate, but they are not barred from entering again. If you know, and there's no judgment cast upon those who who have chosen to do that, they will be. Uh, oh, that's different than I've ever heard. That's that's cool. Yeah, well, it's most of the film, like film and and general culture portrays it as just you can go out and do whatever you want and come back at, at yeah. this certain time. But so, it's, from what know, I've read, and, and it, sure. we're kind of getting off on the Amish here, that's but um, I'm sorry, they no no, it's all right. Uh, if they choose not to make that again, I, I called it a permanent commitment for a right. reason because yes. to them that's that yes. is very much how they see it. If you choose not to make that commitment, then you're correct. They're allowed to still come and, and socialize with family and and, um, and and you know and have contact with the Amish community. But if you make that commitment, and then later uh, in their minds, I would I would put it as betray that commitment mm-hmm. and leave it. Then that's where the shunning stuff comes, um, comes from right, and stuff yes. and, and just to clarify we're not actually Amish here but no <laughs> no no no, but, no. But, but still I, I think it makes a very good comparison um, because there there are definitely parts of what they do that that we also believe when it comes to the modest apparel and things like that right and right. I would like to point out too it, it's actually you know holiness and, and modest apparel and things like that it's actually not us, it's not the church uh, that that changed. You, if you go back right. seventy five years or more, um, the vast majority of people actually 
you know, the ladies did wear long dresses and right. long hair and everything. Sure. It's not us that changed. It's it's really everyone else, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. Know. And it's like you talked about with standards. Most of the way they live is not because they, they feel that those things are directly evil. It's always because it could lead to, to temptation. It's, it's about a clean you know, lifestyle, really. And it really is. I mean, you know, it's like we say, well, we should not be on our cell phones. But there's a limit to what we can do. You know, as we're like, well, we have to use them for this and that. And sure. they are directly saying, you know, we're not we're not going to be associated with that car. Cars and mechanized farm machinery could lead to competition or pride of ownership. Mm-hmm. It's like they've they looked through all the ways yeah. you could fall into temptation. It's like, all right, cars are out. I've seen this happen. <laughs> and you see it, you know, you see all these people who need a nice car. They need this and that just to just to get one over on people. And it, yeah, sure. So, I mean, while we don't take, uh, you know, our beliefs to the extent that they do, in many ways I can respect their desire to go as clean and as Mm. pure as they possibly can stay and and to remove any distraction, Mm. any type of thing that could be a temptation. So, you know, in those respects I can really respect that. In knowing God... Let me put it this way. We have probably all encountered people in our life that maybe their, whether their personality or their lifestyle and the things that they like to do or whatever were a turn off to us. Maybe they mm-hmm. were even offensive. I mean, and right. it could be different reasons, right? Sure. That just that person wasn't someone we really cared to be around if we had the choice. Mm-hmm. And... I think that if someone has sin in their life, in a way, I mean, God wants them to come to them, but God also doesn't want to be around. I mean, he doesn't get close to sin. Right. right? right. So um, I, I guess what the comparison I'm trying to make there is that, you know, th- the same way that those people that, you know, may be uh, offensive to us, sin's offensive to God. And if sin is in our mm. life, mm. then. You know, you're going to have a really hard time getting to know God really well, right? Until you're willing to let go of the sin, right? Yeah, that's good. Amen. I don't know where to go from there, but that's that was yeah, pretty good. It was very good. I I liked looking at the you know because we can use a broken down version of that Amish culture to kind of guide us into what should we avoid? What are the general practices that we should avoid? You know the the telephones. They were like, you shouldn't have telephones because I think the cell gossip. phones are probably the biggest thing that we. Because yeah. listen, the, the cell phones will lead us into a different place where we. Well, I don't know if you were here that day. Um, we had a day in the church um, where we were just making commitments to the Lord, mm-hmm. and Bill said, I he felt like we should put our phones on the altar. And just have our phones be anointed that the Lord would just have a boundary and we would obey the boundary. Yeah. You know, and I think everybody got their phones and just put them up there and we go prayed for every single phone up there. I got my tablet. I put it up there. I put everything up there that had access to Internet because if the Lord is in it, it's easier. You know, that way I don't have to worry about. You know, if if something offensive or something vulgar, something that's I shouldn't be seeing on my on a cell phone, I want the Lord's anointing to just 
push it and yeah. not yeah. let me yeah. have to and keep see the that. thoughts out. Yeah, that's because... the whole point. If I if I go on my Facebook and scroll, 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 mm. you know, I, it's almost it's almost inevitable that there's going to be something on there that I shouldn't be seeing. Sure, you know, and. The temptation there is, you know, don't look at it, please. Don't look at it. You know, scroll past sure. it or delete it or or um, or block the person, you know, all that kind of stuff. And sure. it's yes. literally the distraction. I think that's right. the exact reason why they don't have that happen. But, you know, if we can get to a point where we are in better communion with God, that's not a problem. Yeah, I really like that. Um, I know uh, a lady who years ago... Um, kind of accidentally I, I found out about it because I brought her um, some really good fudge that um, my parents had actually made. Mm-hmm. You know, just, it was actually sure. a pastor's wife. And, and, and I knew that she loved chocolate. I'd known her for a very long time, knew she loved chocolate. So brought her some of this fudge that my parents had made was really good. And I just, you know, I wanted to, to share that with her. It's kind of just, you know, a gesture uh, of gratitude and thanks to her. Yes. And... Um, a day or two later, she accepted it, and a, uh, a few days later, or something. I just I asked you, and I said, "Hey, did you really did you enjoy that or whatever?" And, and then she kind of admitted, she's like, "Actually, I've been fasting chocolate." She's mm. like, "I made the Lord a promise because mm. I really love it that I was going to give it up because I'm trying to get some uh, there's some family members we want to see get saved." And Ooh. so she was fasting wow. chocolate. She gave up something she loved wow. and told the Lord she wasn't going to take partake of something she wow. loved until the Lord saved those family members. And um, so, again, I, I kind of accidentally kind of, I guess, put sure. her in a spot because right. I would have never other, otherwise known it. Right. But I kind of put her on the spot. And so she kind of owned up, you know, that, you know, her husband and other right. ones had, had enjoyed it. But she had okay. not <laughs> because she had right. made that promise yeah. to the Lord. And wow, so that's good. To your point with the phones and stuff, I... I have personally felt like, yes, the phone, the technology, sometimes in my life, yeah, I've, you know what? It's getting too much. Right, yeah. And I need to, if, if I can say it this way, turn the volume down on that. Sure. Uh-huh. Because yeah. it can become very consuming. And, yeah. and I think technology is probably the big one yeah. in most people's lives. But mm-hmm. there could be other things. There could yeah. be other things that maybe it's beginning to take over. And there has been times in the past... Um, where I took on too many uh, responsibilities, too mm. many obligations. Right. I, I committed myself maybe to good causes, but I committed myself to too many good causes sure. to where I didn't have the time. And I, you know, the Lord kind of checked me on it. And I had to say, you know what? I am going to have to turn some of these things over that I enjoy doing in their good causes, but I'm going to have to turn some of them over to someone else yeah. because I no longer have enough time for my relationship with God. Mm-hmm. And again, with the phones and things like that, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's something we ought to look at. Maybe, maybe mm-hmm. we should fast a little bit on this. You know, <laughs> sure. you know maybe, I maybe I have to be able to make the phone calls, but I probably don't have to spend an hour a day looking at Facebook. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. You know, put that sure. put that yeah. Facebook notification on silent. <laughs> yeah, I mean, right. you know, really, I mean, I, and I'm not telling anybody you do this or do that. I'm just saying, if I, I've always made a statement that. If we want more of God in our lives, we have to give him more room yeah, in our lives. That's true. Right? You, you can't expect to have more of God if you're not willing to give him more space in your life, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I we, mean, have, we have so much 
um, you know, we have a system of measurement to know exactly how much information sure. that we can store. I have one right here. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm getting close. To, you know, I have 40 gigabytes left on the PC. I'm going to have to delete something. I'm going to do this. Exactly. You know, on my phone, I'm like, oh, I'm getting low on storage. We don't have, at this point, how much, how much do you think we have on our brains? Because I think at this point, we're being outdone by just our cell phone for how much information can be stored. Mm. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what we do have. We have 24 hours a day. We have 60 minutes an hour. Yeah, right. I mean, that's what sure. we do have, right? Yes. How much time are we giving? <laughs> Were you thinking about this for a long time? <laughs> well, no, actually, yes. Actually, yeah. so... Um, <laughs> but you, you must have written that down. He looked it up. And <laughs> yeah. he, was like, he wrote down the math there. Wait a minute. Hold up. He just mathed it. That's all. <laughs> sure. Go but, ahead. Right. I mean, how much time do we give him? Right. Right. Um, mm. That, that's that's a good place to start at least and, right. and it's easy to make excuses and say oh well I don't have enough time well I, I'm not I'm not here advocating oh you got to give God three hours of, you know of prayer a day and, and read and that's not what I'm saying I'm not saying it's a bad idea I'm just I'm just saying right. yeah if you want more of God you're going to have to give him more right. than what you currently are. right I must decrease so he may increase well think exactly. of the widow with the two mites you know mm -hmm. if your schedule is so busy, 20 minutes might mean more for you than somebody given two hours. You know, sure. that's a truth that sometimes if you have, if you are, you know, have practiced prayer enough yeah. that you can get in and out. Some people need to have that two hours of getting close to him and, and really starting to get in a grind of talking to him and conversating mm. with him. And I don't mean to say it like it's a grind. It's not, but just mm -hmm. practicing that. So if you have that 20 minutes, it's more personal that way. Right. right. There's people who, you know, I would talk to. And it feels like I need a, you know an hour or so to warm up to him, or you know you talk mm -hmm. to him and need a couple minutes to like get used to. Talk. And then some people I could just start a conversation immediately, and then you know we we don't have to talk very long, right? You know, and and then we're like, all right, see you later. There's no pressure of continuing to go. We just know we've said what we needed to. Yeah, we know they've heard us, you know, and 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 at at that point we're just repeating things over and over again, and it's not <laughs> super helpful to either party. Yeah. <laughs> so sometimes you could just say, all right, Lord, I've given you what I got. And this is what I have. You ever, you ever I've been? I've given it all. You know, I have no other space in my day. I've given you all I have. Then he he takes that more than just saying I had to carve out three hours to put in. You yeah. Know? Mm. So you ever, there's a. You ever been in a relationship or a friendship with somebody, and you know each other so well <laughs> that you almost know what they're gonna say. Yeah. You just look at them, right. give a head nod, and you both laugh. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Way too often. What were you going to say, brother? So, yeah, and, and so there's in terms, you know, if, as far as giving God more and what we're really talking about is how can we get to know God better. Yeah. Um, if we give him more, there's time. Um, maybe there's obedience. Right. 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 Uh, yeah. Maybe there's aspects and things in our life that, you know, that we've held back, uh, right. whether it's yeah. on standards or, or just something we really feel like. Um, maybe God's leading us to a calling that, you know, maybe we need to, to be more active in some aspect of our life for the Lord. So there's things like that, that we can, we can give him more of ourselves. Right. Um, right. So, so whatever, whatever form that takes, if you want to get to know him better, ultimately you're going to have to spend time with him. You're going to have to let him in more. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, yeah. we can't build those walls. Right. right. You know, we right. have to, we have to say, okay, you know, it, it's, it's all. It's everything. Right. Yeah. Well, I, I had a random thought. I don't know if this is going to work, but I was just thinking about <laughs> artwork. You know, if I, if I drew a stick figure of a cat, it took me 30 seconds. No one's going to say, 
That's the best thing I've ever seen. They, they won't. It is won't it have much value. The horse, the dog, the right? Cow. Yes. <laughs> right. It looks because, like everything. And the reason for that is, is, is that it's you know combined about seven lines. There's not a whole lot of detail. There's not a whole lot of added work that's put in. Right. But our relationship with God, if it's correct, I mean, we have this podcast because literally we could talk about things of God for days upon weeks because it's so multifaceted that we can talk about every little aspect a little bit at a time. Mm-hmm. We've had a conversation with Brother Matney for mm-hmm. two hours or so, and we didn't bring up anything that we mentioned here. No. <laughs> you know, we didn't, it didn't cross the path, you know, and that's not saying anything. Sometimes we have conversations that cross paths with each other, and that's amazing. We had, I went to John's church last night, and uh, the person who preached last night wasn't there the week before. And the messages were from the same exact scripture. Wow. And no one talked to anybody. It's just how the Lord worked it out. And it was a different message both times. And it's, sometimes that's helpful, and then sometimes it's fun to know that our lives as Christians are so detailed that we can pull one little thing out of it and talk for two hours or whatever, how long mm-hmm. this is going to go. Right. And just say, this is how we get to know God better. And then, you know, we talked about Matney. This is how we have faith. You know, this is how we do things. And they all combine into one relationship, but it right. takes so much. Whereas if you look at that stick figure and you're just like, well, God is good. Mm-hmm. I, I like God. <laughs> you know, yeah. there's nothing else added onto that, then, then there's no value there because there's not enough detail. It's like sitting down in the pews and just giving an amen and a hallelujah and then just go home and <laughs> right, yeah. live your life and come back sure. Sunday. Yeah, you know. Hey, brother Stephen, I'm gonna ask you a question, and I know you probably know the question I'm gonna ask you. So I'm gonna go ahead and ask you anyway. You already knew it. You know I was gonna go there. <laughs> yeah, we knew exactly. Yeah, uh, yeah we do. Uh, okay, well, if I if you read my face and you sing that, yeah. I'm sorry. No, no, I'm so predictable. No, we just have a, we have a question we ask all the time. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a question kidding. that we knew was coming up. Yeah. So, brother Stephen, you know, mm-hmm. if you can talk to any person in the Bible. Save Paul. Save Paul and Jesus. And that was it, right? Paul and Jesus, uh, that was it. I mean, we can mention the ones we've already said. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. He, he, he listens to the podcast, yeah, so true, he, true, he knows yeah. ones when we listen. Elijah so, probably yeah. said a lot. Who would you talk to? What would you talk about and why? Yeah, so I'm, obviously uh, there's a lot of people, <laughs> yeah. as I'm sure everyone sure frequently says, but uh, I, I think one that uh, I would really have a, an interest in, you know, one, hopefully, you know, one day I plan to have some conversations with, would be King David. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. The scripture called <laughs> Did him. Did Granny say that one? No, she didn't. No, she didn't. Wow. She said Abigail. <laughs> okay. Yeah. She's going to really yeah, like That would be another episode. interesting one, but, yeah. you know, yeah. he's the only person in the scripture that the Bible calls him a man after God's own heart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And, I guess in many ways, I see David as someone who was very human. He had... <laughs> I think the only one. Yeah. Well, no. you know, Mainly. He made his mistakes, yeah. but then he made them right. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. He had his good times, his bad. I mean, you talk about some, uh, someone who had a, some really rough times. I mean, people trying to kill him at, at times in his life and, and uh, you Most know, betrayal by family uh, members yeah. and, you know, just some really, really hard times in so many ways, I'm sure both emotionally and, and physically and, and, and plus, you know, the, the aspects of being a leader and the great responsibility mm-hmm. yeah. placed on his shoulders. But then he also had so many great triumphs. Uh, I mean, the battles yeah. won. What was it like when Goliath? 
Goliath fell and, and what was it like, mm. uh, you know, uh, when the, when the Ark of the Covenant came to Jerusalem sure. and yeah. that, that, you know, that overwhelming Man. joy to dance before the Lord and, yeah. and just all of these things. And, and of course he wrote the book of Psalms and, uh, or at least many, many sure. of the Psalms. There. Right. Right. And, um, I don't know. Maybe that's why. Uh, maybe it, maybe it was his attitude towards worship and praise that that is why he was called um, a man after God's heart. I don't know that for a fact. I'm just that's sure. that's my you know my take on it. I guess. Um, but I think he would be one that uh, um, I think would be a very uh, interesting person. One who had a lifetime of experiences and. A wealth of, of wisdom mm-hmm. uh, to to sit down and right. to talk to. Yeah, the, the one thing about David, I really I find very like amazing is that, like you said, he was called a man after God's own heart, yet had so many downfalls, and still is called yeah. the man yeah. after God's own heart. Right, you sure. know, and out of him came King Solomon. You know, the the one who wisest king of of all yeah you know and king solomon even said i mean he was david was a wise person at at that point you know but to know the downfalls of david to know that up upbringing of david to know where he came from you know all the battles he's been through and all the other things we don't want to bring <laughs> sure. up, but yeah. sure. still, a man after God's own heart. And we go through a lot today, you know, we go through, we fall. We go through a lot of things that, you know, that belittle our our relationship with God, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and we think that we're not enough. Yeah, I you mean, know? We, we do. Sometimes we, you know, we mess up so bad and we think, you know, how can I ever be the person that God wants me to be again. Right. You know, how, how can yeah. I ever fulfill the, the calling, the, the role that, you know, and yet we look at, again, at David and he was, as I said, very, very human. But right. I, I feel that it was because when faced, you know, when, when, he, when he finally, when he faced and he owned up to his mistakes and his sins, you know, he, he did face them. He didn't, he didn't try to run from them. Yeah. He didn't try to say, oh, no, I didn't do that. No, he, he, he came clean. And I yes. think his, his level of repentance, his sincerity, um, you know, that uh, there must have been something about it that God would say that that's a man after my own heart. There was, a, uh, I think, one of the scriptures in, about David came up, and that was my reading. I read it twice. And I didn't read it again. I just read through the Bible. I read it come twice where the Ark of the Covenant was coming through the city and he was dancing. And Michael, Saul's daughter, was it Saul's daughter? Yeah. His was, wife at the time. Yeah, yeah both. it was. Saul's was, daughter and his wife. He, she was angry. Angry <laughs> that he was dancing. Yeah, how you dare know? you? You know, but it came up twice. And I feel like that was just to tell that, you know, he was rejoicing for God. Right. You know, he had he had enough joy in his heart to know or to to be able to worship God for that coming through his city. Yeah. You know, yeah. it was amazing. So Michael was really I th- I think she was embarrassed 
he David had removed his outer garment. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wasn't naked, but he had removed sure. his outer garment. Um, and, and to her, she, you know, so you're supposed to be the king, right? right. Uh, I yeah. Mean, you, you've you've humbled yourself, and, and she may, probably didn't see it or put it that way. But that was exactly what David did. He had right. humbled himself. He was pouring himself into worship and praise and thanksgiving and gladness. Right. Yeah. Um, but she didn't see it that way, right? She right. was. Uh, she's like she didn't. To to her. It's like, you know, you're, you're out here jumping around and, sure, and acting yeah. like a fool, in other words, and, and embarrassing the, the right, nation. Yeah. And you're supposed to be a leader, right? Well, right. You see it's these people in churches it. that are very, you know, they're, they need respect. They're mm-hmm. in charge of these different churches. Yeah. And they're not mean in any way. They just have an air about them as if, you know, they need to command your attention. And, and they just have a certain authority about them. And then you see them sometimes in these services. It takes a lot. But you'll see them in the services just start letting loose because the spirit is moving on them and it happens rarely. But then you see that and you realize that they're showing you that there's somebody more important. Yeah. And it helps you to understand what it's like, you know, it's like if they can get in, I should be able to get in. You know, mm-hmm. and, and I think that's what David did. Is he was he was taking off the robes and saying, Hey, I'm one of you. I'm one of you guys looking up to God and saying, I love you more than any level of the, you know, feudalism system that we have. Of, of all the roles that we have where I'm the king and, and you're below me and you have to serve me. It was just like, we're all serving the same guy. I'm just another one of you serving the same guy. Now, yeah. when, when he's not, when, when he's in the temple, I'm going to go back to put on my robes cause I need to lead you and show you what to do, but I'm going to lead by example. Yeah, that's good. And start dancing. And you know, sometimes it takes, I mean, our pastor is a great example. Sometimes <laughs> it takes someone to just get in there and start dancing yeah. And it helps everybody to get loose, you know? Yeah. And they, mm-hmm. it takes a lot to do that. It does. Some people it, it does. takes less than others. There's, uh, I know a lot of people who just, they are ready to jump in immediately. But some people, when they get in, it means more to you because you are like, this, this is a rare opportunity. Uh-huh. You don't get to see this all the time. And then you, you got to remember, you can't watch it. You know, it's not a spectator sport. You got to get in yourself and, mm-hmm. and, and feel the presence of God. And, and it's amazing that, that David kind of, encapsulates all that and he has there's so many things you can learn from his failures yeah that's of, right you know of not not letting yourself be drawn away just by by the lust of the eyes mm-hmm. right. one of my favorite stories about david or at least favorite in his misgivings was when um he was he was hiding from saul with the Philistines. Mm. Uh, which oh, yeah. Is, I mean, you would never yeah. want to do that, but he was with the enemies, and he was just like, hey, I'll leave you alone. If you leave me alone, I'm going to stay nearby just so we have the same common enemy at the moment. But but then the Philistine king said, hey, we need you to we need you to fight for us. And he was fighting against Israel. And, uh, mm-hmm. and instead of saying, no, I couldn't possibly do that, I, he was like, essentially said i'm going to be the best fighter you have on the field you're going to want to watch this you know and, yeah. and against his own people actually he wasn't though really he 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 led the philistines to believe that he was yeah meanwhile he was actually going out and not rather than raiding yes. israel's towns and villages he was actually raiding i believe it was the amalekites possibly um, but if you, if you look at that but so the king of of Philistine there that they they believed he was right but he was he was actually being kind of deceitful in a way and that that was sure. where he erred in well both in going to the Philistines Israel's enemy and in you know right. deceiving yeah. the king yeah but um, he he was actually fighting against Israel's enemies meanwhile leading mm. uh, 
and, yeah, and, and that's why they came back and raided Ziklag, of course. You know, yeah, just right. carried away. Yeah. So that was kind of retaliation by them against David for what he was doing, right? So right. I, yeah, I think if you I think if you look at that, um, you'll mm. see that uh, the, that he was kind of being a little deceitful there, which which may have been you know kind of part of one of his downfalls, but at, at that point one of one of his failures, but. Um, but he was actually fighting, I, I believe it was the Amalekites. Yeah. Uh, let me look. Yeah, I found where it said here. Um, let's see what's dead. This talks about... return. Hmm. Yeah. And he said... I can't find it. I have it here, but I can't find the exact scripture. But yeah, the Amalekites had invaded the south in Ziglag and smitten Ziglag and burned it with fire. Yeah. And and uh, and it was meeting with the Philistines that David was away. <laughs> yeah, you're correct in though that the Philistine king did did ask that of David. Right. And it's my understanding that that David led him to believe that he was. Doing well, and if he hadn't, if he asked. hadn't, the king would have just said, "Stay where you're at," or it would have had something happen because David had to meet with him and say, mm-hmm. "Yeah, I'll do," you know, whatever. Then then right. there was an opportunity. So I think even in that, you know. While the deceit was maybe not necessary, but was beneficial to him in the moment, there still is a punishment for that. Yeah, well, right, and and I think that's what happened. Right, Ziklag was a direct result of that, mm. um, and, and of course, David's men blamed David. Sure, because of that, because they you know, obviously they knew that David was misleading the king and and was there, you know, seeking refuge with the Philistines, which was an enemy of Israel, and so David's men blamed him. You right. know, obviously from a very emotional mm. time, but they, sure. they blamed him. Hey, this is yeah. your fault. Well, yeah. and it could have been taken that way. And David could have said, you know what? You're right. We should all let's sit around and we'll cry about this. You know, and we, we got to figure out. But instead, in uh, verse six of First Samuel 30, it says, but David encouraged himself in the Lord, the Lord his, his God. God. And then immediately after that. He says to Abiathar the priest, I pray thee, bring me hither the ephod. And then he inquires of the Lord, mm-hmm. saying, shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? Which, interestingly enough, there's um, there's very little known about uh, what was the umum and thumim of how they would talk to God. And this is one of those moments where you can tell that it's a very specific answer. It's not just a yes and no. It's not something that would just show up as a light or, you know, as they would cast lots. It was pursue for thou shalt surely overtake them and without fail recover all. Yeah. So it's yeah. very, and it gives us a little insight into how, how they spoke to the Lord before they had things like, you know, the Holy Ghost that was given to us. Right. Yeah. So the ephod was the garment that the priest would wear. And so really hmm. he was inquiring of God through, through the priest, yeah. you know, the, in right. other words, telling the priest, go, go put on, you know, the vesture, sure. the, the garment that, that God's, uh, given to you, you know, this holy garment that, you know, and well, we talked about it in Sunday school of the, my dad was trying to go through and figure out what was that? You know, what was the human? Because we don't know. We still don't know. Mm-hmm. We have no idea. But one of the interesting things is with the 12 stones representing Israel, if you have the letters of those or like the first letter, then in there is all the letters of the Hebrew alphabet on those stones. So the thought was perhaps that those stones might light up or cast a shadow or something or other where it would spell out answers mm-hmm. to the questions, which was a really neat theory to me. Because, again, it's something we'll probably fi- find out when we're in heaven, <laughs> not so on earth. Yeah. But 
But either way, it's a really interesting example because David had to inquire. Now we, we can do the same thing. We don't have to call the priest up. We don't have to you know necessarily be inside right. the church at the altar. Sure. But at any moment, if we have a mo- you know a thought that you know I don't know what to do, we can encourage ourselves in the Lord, and then we can inquire of Him what do we need to do. Right. You know, rather than just jump in like you know you see Peter just jump into something and and not have any idea of what to say or do. What a preacher. <laughs> yeah, going past my time. <laughs> yeah. So, so quickly to tie this back in, and it's sure. not why I chose David, but um, obviously I feel like David knew God really well if God called him a man after his own heart. Right. So I would ask a question, and I think, you know, obvious answer, but Solomon, the wisest man, David's son, wisest man ever lived, according mm-hmm. to Scripture. Yeah. But who knew God better, Solomon or David? It's a good question. Uh, who knew God better, Solomon or David? I want to say David, but... I mean, it's an opinion, I guess, from our, our viewpoint yeah, of, sure. of examining the Scriptures. Yeah, right. Well, because he was God, after God's own heart, I, won't, I don't know if that was because he did exactly what God would have done or what, you know, his compassion that he had. But Solomon had just... Because he asked for all that wisdom... Yeah, he. I'm. I'm pretty sure, because of the wisdom that he got, he probably received a lot of the wisdom of God. Well, and I think that's true. But I, I, hmm. again, I, and we're voicing opinions here. But David had multiple mistakes in his life, right? I mean, we always we we yeah. jump to the worst one with Bathsheba. But there was the time that David numbered Israel in direct yeah. disobedience to God's command, right? And, and so, you know, we've already talked about you know. Taking refuge with the Philistines and deceiving, you know. Yeah. So we, we've talked about some of the different ones. There's uh, the all these different examples. But, the ark, him carrying the ark, and or using a cart uh, instead of carrying. Right. The, yeah. yeah. So and yet then we look at Solomon. I mean, he's not without his own mistakes. But again, the wisest man that who ever lived. He certainly was very, again, very wise, very knowledgeable. But I would agree with you. I personally think David knew God better. Um, and I think what I'm, I guess the distinction there is wisdom and knowledge is not a substitute for knowing God. Mm. They're, they're, they're mm. two different yeah. things. Wisdom and knowledge are great. They're wonderful. Right. Um, but that in of itself does not give you a personal Knowledge and relationship sure. with God. Yeah. And that, that's, right. At least that's my my. my take there are on. people who are very knowledgeable about the things of the the Lord that mm-hmm. you talk to them and they have it down to uh, not a science because it's impossible to do that with God yeah, sometimes. Mm-hmm. But but they know you know you can tell they have things fully documented of how it works, how mm-hmm. the Spirit of God works, and they may not. I know people who are closer to the Lord than them, and they don't know any of that as far <laughs> as they haven't researched it, they haven't looked it up. If you asked them about Greek and Hebrew, no idea. But it's just that relationship that's important Mm. and if they have that then they don't necessarily need I think when it comes to Solomon I think he knew how to reach God better than David did because he had all that wisdom of how to talk to him and and what to you know what to say and and the actions to take 
But I feel like he he needed to talk to God less because he had the wisdom that was given. Mm-hmm. You know, you feel like that. That's obviously not true, but you feel like that sometimes when you when you don't need anything, you don't need you don't need to talk to him. Maybe Solomon was more self reliant. Yeah, but well, he got a big blueprint from David, though Solomon he did. did. He, he got a huge did. blueprint from David. David laid sure. not only the the wealth and the riches and the jewels and everything in store for the temple, but but also the blueprints right. that yes. David had received from God. So, right. Yeah. Solomon so, really was just the one who was allowed to to carry it out. Right. Well, and, and the blessing of the people passed down as well. That's true. Whereas, you know, if you know somebody based on family history, you're sometimes a lot more lenient to them and their actions. And and Solomon was wise either way. He wouldn't have let the kingdom fall, but there was definitely a, a thought of you know, if you don't know somebody, it's a lot harder to say, yeah, we're on board. You know, mm. whereas it's like, oh, he's David's son. You know, he'll, he'll figure this out. David did such a good job. He's surely, even in our everyday life, we still have those kind of ideas that, you yeah. know, just because somebody's here, then they're like, oh, they must be good at what they do. Yeah. I mean, Solomon was a great ruler for yes. Israel. There's no question. I mean, I think right. Israel probably flourished under him more than any other king, in, in at least in the Bible history. Right. Um, but... They also, I think, grew apart from God yeah. under Solomon's time. Well, and it was under his sons well, that yeah. I mean, he must right. have had some misgivings. He was the wisest man, but he must have not been in charge of teaching his children because they didn't. No, he well, didn't Solomon yeah. didn't lay down the same example right. yeah. uh, that David did. I mean, David made his mistakes, but he also corrected his mistakes. Yeah, and I was going to say that, that God only told David that he wouldn't be able to go on forward because of all the bloodshed not Correct. because of b- being leading Israel down you know that was no. the that was the difference is yes. David did exactly what he needed to do as king but it was just the bloodshed that that was his downfall yeah. you know that was the biggest thing and it right. wasn't necessary at that point I well mean, yeah i mean someone. David actually fought those wars with God's help and, and right, God's right. blessing and and actually was fulfilling uh, bringing the borders of Israel to the uh, to 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 what God had get, promised them, right? Yeah. I mean, yes. it, it was dating. Actually, I mean, even today, Israel's borders are not to the extent that that God has promised that they should be. Mm. Um, but uh, but David actually did that in his time and 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 brought those. Um, so that was that was God's intention, but uh, but because of the bloodshed. God said, "You know, you're not going to be the one to to build my house." Uh, I don't. I don't think he. The Lord didn't want that to be said by other nations, if you will. Mm-hmm. That, that all you know, he's he's a bloody all king. These, yeah, yeah, exactly. Right, blood money. You know. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. So it fell to Solomon, of, yeah. who was uh, really. Solomon's reign was was largely a peaceful. Yeah. Reign. Because of all the work that David had put in. Precisely. And, uh, Precisely. Very good. Well, we appreciate you coming on the podcast, brother. It was a really insightful conversation. Lots of different aspects of knowing God and also talking about David. That was really good. I really appreciate all of it. It was a good conversation and can't mate. Maybe next time you'll get another another hour and a half. We'll talk we'll talk <laughs> yeah, more. Right. We'll talk more about different things. Sure, absolutely. What do you got to say, Bill, before we leave? I, I really have enjoyed our conversation and and knowing God is as important as you know anything in our Christian walk. I feel like it's one of the most important. The only other one that I could say is probably the one that David knew the most, which is worship. Is mm. you know, 
is not only knowing him, but knowing that we should praise him because of how well we know him. Right, right. And, you know, if, if, if David's psalms would be very short, you know, there would be like five psalms if he didn't know <laughs> the aspects of God and why he was praising him. Right. So if we learn to recognize who God is in our life, that's when we can start saying thank you for this. Other than us just saying the general, you know, thank you for the food, thank you for the air, you know, right. all this yeah. stuff. Yeah. If right. we start to look at down. the descriptive language that David was using, you can tell that that's a man after God's own heart because he sought to be that. Right. He was seeking to be as close to God as he could be. And I feel like all of us as Christians can aspire to that right. and, and grow every day in that desire. John, you got anything to say before we leave? Uh, I want to add on to what he said to, to to want to grow and aspire to have a true relationship with God. I feel that is the root of Christianity, mm -hmm. a, a a true relationship, because it uh, Christians are to be Christ-like, and you can't be like a person without knowing that person, without That's, without yeah. being around the person deep. Yeah. Like if if I saw Bill twice a month, <laughs> I would have a whole lot less stress. But we wouldn't. That we wouldn't have. We wouldn't have what you mentioned earlier, where somebody can say something and we just go, "Yeah, nothing said." We both know exactly what was there, but we wouldn't have that. Right. The same can be said, somewhat. For your walk with God, yeah. because yeah. you know when to give true praise. Yeah, it's not just hallelujah. Right, it's heartfelt. It's, it's a heartfelt hallelujah. Right. Mm -hmm. right. Thank you, Father. Right. Because you have brought me from what I was to what I am now, and will bring me from what I am to what I can be. Uh huh. That's good. That's it. That's a good last one. Well. That's a good one. Brother, you got anything before we leave? Uh, it's great. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. If you're watching on Facebook, thank you guys for watching. Uh, if you're listening, please go to our Facebook page, the Bros Pod. Uh, we have different links up there. We had different conversations. We have also the videos for this podcast that you're listening to right now. Absolutely. Thank you for listening. We appreciate you, and we'll see you next week. Have a good weekend. <laughs>